0: Time now for the morning line here on KMA. Well, after a relatively dry December, Mother Nature has put the hammer down, certainly this month with heavy snow. What does that mean for Iowa's continuing drought, though? Well, we turn to state climatologist Dr. Justin Glisson today for some insight. Good morning to you, Justin.
1: Good morning, Mike, and good morning to KMA Land.
0: Good to have you back with us, sir. And it's certainly it's certainly, been a, a different situation when we talked to you last time. First of all, who turned on the switch and uh, started the, the fall weather into the winter weather? This is sure a contrast from what we had last month.
1: Well, Mother Nature is known for extremes, and we're certainly vacillating between uh, the third warmest December on record. We were slightly above average on precipitation. And now we're about uh, 3 to 4 degrees below average in January with this Arctic air outbreak over the last 7 to 10 days. So we're going from frigid Arctic conditions with widespread above-average snowfall uh, to messy conditions, as you mentioned, as we get above freezing and have several disturbances come through the state.
0: What's the total snowfall across the state so far this month? I know you've been compiling that information but what does that look like and how does southwest Iowa compare with the rest of the state in terms of snow
1: so definitely the snowiest part of the state is in eastern Iowa and in fact if you if you look at that D3 region on the in the drought monitor depiction that's where we generally see the the heaviest snow totals anywhere from 18 to 25 inches statewide we're about 19 inches as of this morning the 22nd and that's 10 inches above average. You look back at December; we were about six and a half inches below average. And December is the snowiest month for the state, uh, so we were in a snow drought, and we've definitely caught up. You look at southeastern I- or southwestern Iowa, uh, snow totals anywhere from uh, 10 to 20 inches. Looking at Shenandoah, uh, f- 4.3 inches below average in December, and then January caught up, 16 and a half inches already and that's 12 inches above average. So overall for wintertime, about 8 inches to 10 inches above average in in southwestern Iowa.
0: Now with all the snow that we've had, what kind of an impact uh, has the snow had and this moisture had on the drought situation, or is it too early to tell right now? Uh, It's too early to
1: tell in terms of how much infiltration we'll get from the melting snowpack. But what we can say is when you have a substantial snowpack on the ground as we had, followed by that Arctic air outbreak, that snow actually acts acts as an insulator. It keeps the the surface uh, warmer than the uh, air temperature above it. Uh, So if we were looking at uh, four-inch soil temperatures last week, even during the teeth of the very cold temperatures uh, getting down into negative 19 degrees uh, for several days for overnight lows, Soil temperatures were still above at, or above freezing, anywhere from 34 to 36 inches. And, of course, you're going to get some marginal melting of that snowpack interface with the surface. So we are getting some moisture into the shallow profiles. Now, of course, our, we have soil moisture monitoring satellites that look down and can sense how much moisture is in the profile. With snowpack on top of it, we don't get a good idea of that. We do have moisture probes that do say we are getting some uh, moisture infiltration. But this Mm -hmm. week, we'll really get an idea of how much runoff we're going to get with the potential wintry mix and rain on top of the snowpack, but also those temperatures in the mid to upper uh, 30s potentially.
0: I was talking to Tim Martin, uh, the city uh, water superintendent here in Shenandoah. He said that the snowfall is fine, it's great, but they'd rather have the rainfall and, and, and uh, that sort of moisture. Is it, is it more palpable to get some sort of liquid moisture in the way of rain than, say, you know, the, the fluffy white snow that we got hammered with uh, about a week ago?
1: Yeah, I'd rather have rainfall. And as Secretary Negg says, snowfall is slow-release rain. You don't get a lot of moisture out of snow, though. The first uh, winter system that came through, we, the snow ratio was about 10 to 1, so 10 inches of snow would give us one inch of water. The second Arctic blast, which was the bomb cyclone, had a snow equivalent of basically 20 to 1, so half of what that first wave brought through. So you're not getting a lot of moisture from that fluffy white snow. But again, as acting as an insulator, that is a silver lining there. Also, you are getting some moisture out of it. So given that this is the 186th week of consecutive drought somewhere across the state, we'll take any moisture that we can get, any form that we can get it in.
0: You mentioned bomb cyclone, and that's the first time I've heard that, exp- that expression since March of 2019 when the flooding hit in our region. Another phrase we've been hearing a lot lately over the last couple of months is El Nino. How much of this can be attributed to the El Nino weather pattern that everybody was expecting to arrive and really has arrived uh, across the state so far?
1: Definitely. So moderate to strong El Nino, meaning that the sea surface temperatures in the eastern Pacific are above average, anywhere from one to two degrees. And what that does is it impacts the jet stream over the United States. Uh, December acted very El Nino-ish, 10 degrees above average, as I mentioned, the third warmest December on record. Uh, Then we get into more variable behavior in January. You look at the moderate to strong El Ninos going back to 1950, six out of the last seven have been wetter than average. And if you look at the statewide precipitation totals going back to December 1st, so the Mm -hmm. first half of meteorological winter, were 200% above normal. So it's acting as those strong El Ninos have since 1950. Now, ironically enough, when we look at those strong El Ninos, we typically don't see as much snowfall. We see more liquid rainfall or wintry mix. Given that we're 10 inches above average across the state, it's not acting at least snowfall wise as a strong El Nino. But again, any moisture is good moisture.
0: As you look ahead, uh, do you have early indications as to what we can expect as far as February and March is concerned in the way of precipitation, snow, and such?
1: If this acts as the El Nino as it should, we should see a, a more active storm track through February. The last several Februaries have been very active in terms of polar outbreaks, but also snowfall and rain. You look at 2019, the last uh, our moderate to uh, weak to moderate El Nino was the third snowiest and third wettest winter on record. So if we go back to history, there's a potential for February being a wet. But looking at the initial outlooks from the Climate Prediction Center, we're not getting a clear signal on the precipitation side. But for February, March, and April, in March, April, May, we are getting some signals for elevated probabilities of warmer temperatures. And again, that does mesh well with that El Nino signature.
0: Will flooding be a concern with all the snow that we've had uh, once that turns into moisture?
1: Yes. So we would like to see the 40-20 rule, and we're kind of seeing some flavor of that this week with daytime highs above freezing, and then overnight we get below freezing. So we freeze up uh, after melting during the day. So it's a gentle thaw-refreeze cycle over the next several days. Uh, you mentioned the bomb cyclone back in March of 2019. We had anywhere from three to five inches of rainfall on top of frozen soils, and then an existing snowpack on top of that, so rapid melting basically on top of concrete. It won't infiltrate that water in. We're not seeing that. Our our, uh, four-inch soil temperatures right now are right around freezing. Uh, So it's looking like there is always a potential for inland streams to to flood with ice damming, but given how low stream flows are with uh, drought conditions over three and a half years, We're not going to see, I think, widespread flooding unless we do get into a very active uh,
0: wet pattern. Well, based on my recollection, you know, looking back, it seems like every time we've had a winter where we've had some major storms, uh, major winter storms, we end up having a very active, severe storm season. Are you getting any indications yet as to what we can expect heading into spring for some possible severe weather?
1: Yeah, it's difficult uh, in terms of forecasting severe weather, given that it's thunderstorm-driven, much smaller scale than these large low-pressure systems that come through wintertime. What we can say is with these warmer temperatures uh, due to El Nino through uh, March, April, May, we do see the switch to ENSO neutral, which is right in between El Nino and La Nina, in the April, May, June timeframe. Warmer temperatures with this moisture availability that we have with the snowpack and the, the rain that we had at the end of December, those are two ingredients that you need for thunderstorms, low level moisture and warmer temperatures uh, to produce instability. Uh, so we're not predicting any severe weather right now, but we do have the ingredients that can give us thunderstorms if we do stay in an active storm track getting moisture ever so often that can feed these thunderstorms once, once they uh, form in, in the uh, springtime.
0: Well, we'll see what happens and we'll have you back uh, sometime next month uh, for a check as to what's happening. Justin, we thank you very much for being with us today. Enjoy the warmer weather and the melt and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks, Mike. Take care.
0: You bet. That's Dr. Justin Glisson, Iowa State Climatologist on The Morning Line on KMA.